Greetings, this is Leon Armstrong, the founding pastor of World Overcomers Ministries Church in the city of Madison, Mississippi. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Living Truth Broadcast. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us on the web at woministries.org. If you are visiting in the Jackson, Madison, Mississippi area, you are welcome always to be our guest. You can locate us at 444 Pebble Creek Drive, Madison, Mississippi. It is our prayer that you are richly blessed by the Word of God. Please receive now our word for today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can everyone say forward and never backwards? That's faith. Faith is always looking forward. We never go back. We never look back. From faith to faith, from glory to glory. May the Lord strengthen us and keep us in the expectation that no matter what has happened behind us, no matter what good or bad that we've experienced, you better believe that there's something better ahead of you if you're following Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Don't ever let your present nor your past hold you and park you to where you can't move. For God has called us to a bigger and brighter tomorrow. That's why you can't let the failures you had yesterday and today devastates you so that you feel like there's no hope. How many know we have hope in Jesus Christ? Amen. You know what? I think there's a, there's a breakthrough spirit in here. And I think we just ought to give God a, a shout of praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know you've got the victory. You, you might as well go ahead and Praise God about it now. You don't have to wait until the battle is over. You can praise the Lord right now because you know, you know what you're headed to. Hallelujah. My tomorrow is better. My tomorrow is brighter. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My God be praised. God be praised. My God be praised. Come on, come on, say that. Tell Jesus, I'll follow you forward. Yes, you do, Lord. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in his presence. 
Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Pray. Let everyone say in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to find a starting place here in Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18. Numbers chapter 18. And we're going to talk about the Lord's inheritance. The Lord is our inheritance today. We're going to see a picture in the Old Testament. Remember, I like to show the picture in the Old Testament of the principle that is revealed in the New Testament. Spiritual truths come forth in the New Testament to speak to the church, but the Old Testament is there to show us what it looks like, all right? The old Hebrew language in the Old Testament is a picture language. So we get to see pictures demonstrations God used their lives on the stage of history to demonstrate his word whether it was obeyed or whether it was disobeyed we get to see a picture of what that looks like and we ought to learn from their examples some of the greatest learning can take place from the examples that we see that's why we ought to be good parents before our children to see them, let them see what a, a person, a parent who has wisdom, who loves God, and how that parent should live, your children will learn from the examples that they see in you. And so we, at, in parenting, we just can't tell the children what we want them to do, and we don't show them an, an example of how to do it. Here in Numbers 18, we're talking about an inheritance that we have that's coming to us soon. And what, how do we live toward this inheritance? And the word inheritance is so lost and so uh, hidden in our modern culture today. And especially in the United States of America, there's not much understanding of the word inheritance. There's not much regard uh, for what an inheritance is. Uh, people live for the here and now. They seek uh, to be gratified for what they can get right away. But an inheritance is something you acquire over time with patience, with pace, and, and you obtain it, uh, I said in the past, little by little in your growth and maturity as you grow in God. We start off as babes, but a baby cannot inherit the full reward of all that is set aside. Uh, you have to grow up to inherit. And uh, again, in a family setting, if, if, if I have uh, millions of dollars that I have acquired and I want to train my son to step in as he grows into adulthood, I have to really grow him up. I can't give him what I have acquired while he's six years old or while he's 10 years old. I have to grow him to the full age and full maturity so that he can step into the full responsibility of everything. So, because when you talk about receiving the things of God, God has so much to give his people, but the people have not grown up. And so he can't give children the things that he 
has, has designed to give those that are a full age. So spiritually, we are called to inherit and I want to talk about what we are inherit. What's the primary focus of our inheritance? So I want to sh show you something here in, in an Old Testament picture here concerning the priests, the Levites, the tribe of Levi. Here in verse 20 in chapter 18 of Numbers, chapter 18 of Numbers, verse 20. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thine inheritance among all the children of Israel. You see what that says. Now the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. They had finally made it over and God was training them right off and he was saying to them that the children, all of the tribes that are called Israel, all the tribes of Israel, they will inherit the land flowing with milk and honey. Their inheritance was a natural materialistic inheritance. They inherited the land. They inherited the, the, the agriculture of growing crops, of raising cattle and all of that. But one tribe that the Lord did not allow to participate in that inheritance was the tribe of Levi. The, Levite, the Levites were the ones who were called by God to inherit a higher inheritance. In other words, their responsibility were, was to handle the things of God, to work in the sanctuary, to work in the temple, to handle the worship service. They were the ones who drew closer to God. And God says, don't you worry about the inheritance that they have. They have the land and the cattle and the houses and all of that. He says, I want you to work with me. And I want you to draw close to me. He says, I am your inheritance. You are inheriting me. And so I'll make sure that you're taken care of because what they inherited, they were supposed to, as far as the rest of the tribes, they brought in their, their crops. They brought in the tenth of everything. They brought in cattle. They brought in all the stuff that they labored to grow out of the field. They brought it into the temple as worship to God. And God turned around and gave it to Levi, to the priest, and says, you eat the best of the best. You receive the best of the best because you inherit me. Therefore, I will make sure you're taken care of from their labor. Let's look at another thing because just like the Levites were a standout from the, all of Israel, we have a standout of people that's in the church today that the Bible refers to as the overcomer. The overcomer stands out because of their focus, their focus, their ability to seek after and desire closeness and oneness with God. The overcomer are those in the New Testament, out of all of the church, out of all your churches, all your Christians around the world, the overcomer are the ones who are seeking God as their inheritance. All right? In other words, they have put aside, they're not seeking, you know, you, you had for so many years all this strong message on seeking after money in the church. Prosperity. Get as much houses and land and money and businesses as you can. And they called that the kingdom of God. Well, sorry, I didn't agree with that and I still don't. Because God never said that he called us to seek any of those things. But what God did tell us to seek first is the kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness. And he said all these other things will be added. So the overcomer has learned. I'm not seeking the things. The things come secondary. What's primary to me to be an overcomer is to seek after God. Because God is my inheritance. Can you say amen? Deuteronomy, go there. Let's look at that. Go to chapter 18. <clears throat> Verse 1. Are you there? And it says, uh, the priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat of the offerings of the Lord made by fire and his inheritance. Verse 2, therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord, the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord is what? Their inheritance. And he hath, uh, as he hath said uh, unto them. So if the Levite had the command that says, don't you worry about all the things that everyone else has. He says, the Lord is your inheritance, but he also promised to take care of them for their keeping God first. I'm going to tell you a secret. It, you, you know, because some of us, we have been baited, conditioned. We have allowed the things of this world to kind of lure us. Uh, we become worried and over-concerned with how much money we're going to make or where we shall work or what we shall have to eat or what we shall have to drink or what we shall have to wear, our fashions. We become very, very concerned about those things. And I'm going to tell you a secret. It's not a secret. It's in the word. You are not to seek after those things. You are not to seek after those things. I know those are things that we need because we live every day and we need to dress. We need food. We'll get hungry. We need to know that there's something in the pantry, in the refrigerator. I need to know that I can wear clothes. I need to know I have a roof over my head. I need to know that I have employment where I can make money and pay bills. But who is first in all of this? Because as you notice, all of those things can come and go. It can change. They're not meant for you to stand on and find security in because so many people have already found out. Look back at 2009. They stood on their investments. They stood on the money that they were making. They stood on the homes. They were trusting in all the things of this world, but the things of this world can crash and pull the carpet from under your feet and you can find yourself crashing down with it if you're standing on it. And those who have a mindset that says, thank you, Lord, for blessing me with these things. I need them and we all could use more money, but you are the one I want. You're the one I desire. I want you, God. I want to know you. I want to be with you. I want to love you. I want to grow in you. I am your son. I am your daughter. I am meant to be like you. I am meant to inherit you. Teach me how to be like you. If you have that mindset and you set yourself on that course with that determination, you'll never have to worry about a thing. God will provide everything you need. <laughs> promise you that. The word promises that. And so the overcomer is the one, the word overcomer means to conquer, to get the victory. And your victory is in the Lord. You hear what I said? 
Where's your victory? It's in the Lord. And he tells you to have faith in him. And this is the victory that overcomes everything. It is our faith. It is our faith. He says, I have my children have faith and that victory is found in their faith because their faith is in my word. So we seek after the Lord. And as we seek after the Lord, we have faith in him and we have faith and we conquer. We take the victory. We walk away with it. The Bible talks about he that overcomes. Go with me to Revelation. I want you to see it. I would quote it. I want you to see it. Revelation. Because the rewards, all your, hey, listen, the blessings in this life and you're insuring, you're insuring your your eternity to be a one of great reward. Your eternity, because just because we all go into heaven, just because we all gonna meet in heaven, doesn't mean we all gonna live in the same dimension of heaven. Because heaven is not gonna be the same for everybody. There are different dimensions in heaven. And depending on how you pursue the Lord and his word, will determine how high your heaven will be. And I'm telling you this, you'll see when you get there, there's a part of heaven that is very low. And the people that will be in that part will not be singing how howdy it is and never get by. They will be quite sad. Now, it's better than not being in hell, but they won't have the joy that anybody else is having because they have been children of God who spent no time knowing him in the word. They went to church, they did church stuff, but they never got to know him in the word. And the only way you're gonna get to know God is in the word. If you say, I wanna know you, Jesus, look right here, he, he's trying to tell you something right here, okay? And you, you have to make it part of your life to walk in the word. Revelation chapter three, are you there? And this is what the Lord promised, and if you ever read the letters to the seven churches, he points out certain victories and blessings to he that overcometh. And here in Revelation 3, 21, to him that overcometh. Who is an overcomer? What is an overcomer? A conqueror, one who takes the victory. To he that takes the victory, or he that conquers, Will I grant to sit with me, where? In my throne, in my authority, in everything that I have received. Jesus has received everything. Jesus inherited everything from the Father. Remember that. Jesus is the first son to inherit everything from the Father. And Jesus is saying, anyone who comes after me will inherit what I have inherited. And he's inherited God. And God has given Jesus everything that he has. Okay? Now, he says, even as also I overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Do you see the relationship? He overcame. He sits in his father's throne. And then Jesus said, if you follow me and overcome, you'll sit in my throne. See, it's all, it's all linked together. Okay? Let's, let's, let's look at another one. Since we're in Revelation, go to uh, Revelation 21. Let's, let's go there. This, this is my signature verse as an overcomer. This is my signature verse. This is, this is the one I live for. All right? This is what drives me. Okay? Revelation 21, 7. 
to the overcomer. And this is what it says about those who overcome, who, who stand out from the rest of the body of Christ and they're not settling for being religious and being childlike and, and being earthly and fleshy. They, they, they're, they're looking to, to God as their inheritance. In Revelation 21, verse seven, he says, he that overcometh shall inherit what? Come on, say that again. What? Come on, say that again. He shall inherit what? All things. All things. Now that, that, you know, if you saw the inheritance for what it was, it would scare you because it's so much. Because it's not just, we're called to inherit God by inherit, what it says, the scripture says, we're called to inherit the kingdom of God, but that means we're inheriting God himself because the kingdom of God is God himself. So if we're inheriting the kingdom of God, we're inheriting God, but that's not all. We're inheriting the earth, we're inheriting the world and everything in the world. Uh, another scripture says in Psalms, he says, ask of me, ask of me uh, to inherit the heathen. And if you ask me to inherit the heathen, I'll also give you the upper ends of all the world. God says, I've got all kinds of stuff for my children to inherit if they come after me, all right? So your answer is to be able to realize every day of your life that my inheritance first and foremost is the Lord. He is my inheritance and I'm going after him. I'm going after him. I don't know about anyone here, but I'm going after him, all right? Because watch this, overcomer is twofold. How many? It's twofold. Your first stage of overcoming is that you were born in it. Anybody born again? Now, just through born again, you're an overcomer by birth. The rest of it is growth. I'm born as an overcomer, but I'm not going to stay a baby. I, I've got to grow and mature and rise into the fullness of being an overcomer. Are y'all with me? A lot of Christians think that they are living the best life that they can in order to make it into heaven. Heaven is a free gift for being born again. Heaven is a gift, but God is the prize. I receive the gift, but I run and live for the prize. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You're not trying to make it into heaven. Stop thinking and saying that. You are not trying to make it into heaven. That's automatically yours if you have faith in Jesus Christ. What you're living to grow and understand and live by the word and follow the spirit and pray is that you're living to grow up to win God. God is my inheritance. God is my prize. God is my trophy. God is who I'm seeking after. God is the kingdom that I'm going to be filled with. Because Jesus said, don't look here or there for the kingdom of God. It's not out here. The kingdom of God is within you. And you'll, hey, listen, you're looking for the kingdom of God to grow inside of you. And the more you grow in the word, the more the kingdom of God grows inside of you. And the more you become just like God. And you're talking about being able to speak to mountains? It'll happen because you become like God. You can't, listen, 
let's just get to that because we're talking about overcoming and an overcomer you have to strive everybody say strive Strive. Uh, strive means to it means to you, you, you have to get into the contest. It means to contend. That's what strive means. The Bible talks about we strive. From my babyhood of being a Christian and not knowing very much, for me to go to Bible study regularly, I'm striving. For me to pray daily, I'm striving. For me to give to the poor, I'm striving. For me to love my neighbor, I'm striving. Everything that the word tells me to do and I attempt to do it, I'm striving. Everything that I obey in the word causes me to grow more and more and become like God. I'm striving. It is a contest. My life as a Christian in this earth is like being in an athletic race. I'm running a race. I'm born in this race. Now I just can't sit here and think God's going to give me everything. I've got to take off and run this race. I've got to go in this race. I've got to contend for the prize. I've got to run for it in Jesus name. This is why everything you're going through, every circumstance is a hurdle. What do you do with hurdles? You jump over it. I'm an over, I'm an over, I'm an overcomer. I learn, even if I crash into it, I, I get up and I try it again. And if I keep trying to jump over the hurdle, my jump will get higher, my stride will get longer, my timing will get perfected, and next time I'll be ready to just jump, jump. Jump each time over each hurdle. I'll get better and better at it. Because see, we're overcoming. We're not undergoing. Some people crawling under trying to trying to get by. You are not that's not progress. That's cheating. Yeah. That's cheating. You're not gonna get into this by cheating. So so many people want, want what God has. They want all that God has, but they want it just at half price. I, I have met so many people that want everything that God promised. But it's almost like, hey man, you do the work, I'll follow you. No, no, you can't get in on me. Uh, If I'm sweating and staying up all night studying the word and talking to the Lord, you can't say, well, I'm I'm with Pastor Armstrong. You know, everybody say strive. Look at 2 Timothy, go there with me. Let's see what Paul said to Timothy about striving. 2 Timothy. Mm. You see, you, there's no free, free nothing. You can't get this. You got to pay the price for this. You, 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 can't be, you can't be a Christian out of your convenience and think that you're going to get every reward that God has, taking it easy, being complacent, being apathetic, sitting down somewhere waiting for God to bless you. You have to be active. You have to be active in the things of God. You have to activate yourself. It's not out of comfort. It's not out of convenience. You have to be willing to lose your leisure in order to get what God has. Amen. Look what Paul says. He says, verse 3. Let's start there in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. Chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. Let's just start there. And I... I, just, I don't have the scripture, I have verse 5 that, that'll come up on the screen. But he says, thou, verse 3, therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. What, what does that mean? It, it means you can't get afford to get all set off and cozy in this world by trying to have the life that everybody else is trying to live. 
You can't chase after what the Joneses are chasing after. Not and follow God and win, win, and win God. Listen, all the people that's trying to be comfortable in this life, trying to have what everyone else is having, and most of the time getting in debt to get there, that's an illusion. That is an illusion, which this world is full of. Have this house, you'll feel like a success. Wear these clothes, make this amount of money, work this place, it's all an illusion. It's fine, God will get you there, he'll take care of you. He'll guide you into the job or to the business or whatever. Hey listen, take what you have from the Lord and whatever he gives you and be a good steward over it. Live within your means. And if God wants to give you more than that, that's his prerogative. He can, hey listen, God will drop surprises on you. But let God do it. You live within what God has blessed you with. The extra will come from him. And so we're not to get entangled with what everybody else is getting entangled with. We're supposed to say, Lord, how do I follow you, walk with you in this so that I can inherit you and watch God attach, bring, bless, add to your life according to his will. Let's keep reading. He says, uh, verse 4, no man warreth or tangled himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man also, and if any man, if a man, excuse me, also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive, how? Lawfully. That's an athletic context that the man is striving, he is running for masteries, he's trying to be a champion, he's running to win the prize, he wants to win the gold medal. He want, we just got through watching the NBA uh, championship series between the Heat and the Spurs. You know, they had to go seven games. It wasn't easy for any of those guys. I appreciated watching that contest because everyone had to put it all out on the floor. Everyone had to give their best. Everyone had to dedicate themselves to make it to that point. They couldn't reach that championship status sitting on the couch all day eating pizza and cake and watching all their programs. These guys had to get in the gym. They had to practice every day. They had to battle and learn from their victories and go over their losses and their victories and show what they could improve on. They had to give themselves to it all year long. And then they come to the championship series. And so we are in a contest in this world. This life is a championship series to see who's going to win Jesus Christ. That's where we are. And we want to come out with the prize. I'm not talking about just being born again and making it into heaven. God Almighty, I wish the children of God would stop thinking as long as I just make it in. That's a bunch of hooey. You're not just trying to make it in. You're trying to get everything that God has. And you live your life while you have time. Time is all you have to get this right. You only have one shot. It's this life. You can't get over the next life and say, okay, Lord, I, I see what I'm supposed to get. Now let me try again. No, too late. Practice is now. Run now. Condition now. Get in the word now. Grow up now. This is your time. And the Lord will bless you immensely in Jesus' name. Let's look at why the Levites, and we're finished almost 
right here. I just need you to see this. Let's look at what made the Levites stand out from the rest. Go to Exodus 32. Let's look at what the Levites, what, what did God see in them? What was in them that God chose them? Go to Exodus 32. My God in heaven. <clears throat> Exodus 32. I'll give you a chance to get there. We have chapter 32. Let's look at why God chose them. If you remember the fact that God had chosen those who were going to be close to him, they were the firstborn of Egypt, I mean of Israel. He had chosen the firstborn. But then somewhere God switched. He said, you know, I'd ask for the firstborn. And the reason he asked for the firstborn because he took all the firstborn out of Egypt. And so he said, I spared your firstborn, so your firstborn should belong to me. Since your firstborn was spared by what I did in Egypt. But then God saw something here when Moses came down off of the mountain receiving the tablets of commandments and he hears the children of Israel partying around this golden calf that they had made and they were worshiping the image of another God and I want you to see this how this plays out in verse 25 that's a good spot right there Exodus 32 Verse 25 says, and when Moses saw that the people were naked or unrestrained, has another translation, for Aaron had not made them restrained unto their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And watch this response. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Isn't that something? They, they responded faster than anyone else when Moses came down in anger and threw the tablets and he said, who is on the Lord's side? Who, in other words, who's going to put God first in this camp? And the Levites the Bible has in one context, really because the people responded almost like, don't anybody move. But they broke through and were like, excuse me. And they, they hurried and got over on the other side where Moses was standing. And because they demonstrated that zeal to get to God or get to his side, the side of God, the rib uh, one scripture has, uh, to, to be connected. The word Levi means to be joined to. They had something in them that says, I am going to join myself to God. There's something that caused them to stand out, a characteristic, a zeal that caused them to put God first. And so when I look at the Levites who stood out, God is looking for the same thing in the church. Who is in the church that will 
come after me and make me their inheritance? Who will stand on the Lord's side? He didn't say who would go to church. He didn't say who would sing on the choir or the praise team. He didn't even say who would preach in the pulpit. He said who's on the Lord's side. That is going to be the determining factor as to who will be an overcomer, a victor, a winner in this world is who is on the Lord's side. Because if I go after God, if I go after the Lord more than anything else, God will be with me and through me and in me and I will live for him. And he will demonstrate his power, his victory, his glory, his anointing. He will demonstrate and carry out his plan through the ones who have chosen him. So I'm not interested in standing on money. I'm not interested in standing on where I can work. If God blesses me with a good job, fine. If he gives me money, fine. But that's not at the top of my list. So Serving and being close to my God and knowing him is the top of the world to me. And I'm going up that mountain because I want to be with him, not only now, today, but forever. I want to stand with God and walk with him. And those that do it, God will bless them forever. He will give them blessings beyond their imagination. God will have power to them. They will rule and reign with God. They have determined that God is my portion. God is my portion. God is my portion. Hey, not the world. The world is not my portion. It doesn't supply me. Now, I might get some things out of the world that I'm blessed with, but that's not my portion. God is my portion. God is my source. He is my everything. Hey, that's why the scripture says, take a taste, taste and see what you're going to see, that the Lord is good. Oh yeah, yeah, you taste and see that the Lord is good. David tells us, he says, I was young, but now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord. God is my portion. God is my everything. I'm going after him. I hope that's your choice. You will be ever blessed by it if you can choose to inherit God in heaven, hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord praise in his presence. In the name of Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Zeal. I got a zeal. I got a zeal for God. Not the way Paul said of Israel. It says they had a zeal, but not according to knowledge. They didn't know what they were looking for. But when you have the knowledge, I have a zeal, which is a burning passion for him. It's heated because I understand there's nothing in this world that can compare to being with God and what God has. There's nothing in this world, nothing, nothing you can win. I don't care if they give you $10 billion that will be nothing. It won't even be a, worth a speck of dust compared to what God has for you. But a zeal, everybody say zeal. A zeal, it, 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 you become indignant. I, it angers me when I look at my life and I say, man, I allowed myself to be lured over here, camped out over here, where I thought I had to have this and that in this world. Or maybe I had a little bit of pride because I thought my, more of myself than I ought to. 
And every little snare like that can keep you and take you off the road of inheritance. And people can stay on, the, on, those, little, on those little campgrounds that take you off the road. You can stay there for years, not even realize it. You can go to church for years and be in the pride of life, lust of the flesh. You can be there for years and not even realize it, that I am not on the road to my inheritance. God is not first in my life. God is not first because I love, I love, I love God, but I love things. I love God, but I love money. I love God, but I love houses. I love God, but I love clothes. I love God, but there's something else I love. And when you have more than one husband or one spouse, you can't spend your time equally between the two. And someone is going to get more time than the other. And we can't really be truly married to Christ until we learn to divorce everything else in this world. Oh, amen, amen, amen. You're never gonna inherit like God wants you to until you get indignant and say, no, I've allowed the devil, this world, the things in this world, all of the things, the, 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 the way of easy, if you like it easy, that can be a campground that takes you up. All of those things can defraud you. They will defraud you of your inheritance. This is why God read, puts Esau in the New Testament. Esau was the firstborn. He was to inherit everything from his father, Isaac. But Esau's attitude was, I don't want to wait for that to happen. I want to be blessed now. He sold his birthright for a bowl of beans, something that catered to his flesh. What a big mistake that was. And his brother ended up stealing the blessing. Because the father would lay the hands on the oldest brother to confer the inheritance on him. But Jacob disguised himself as a hairy man, like his brother, stood before his blind father, and his father laid his hands on him and blessed him rather than his brother, not knowing. And so when Esau came before his father, say, listen. Where's my blessing? He said, I can't give it. I already gave it away. I have nothing else to give you, son. Listen, he wept and cried, the Bible says, and repented, but nothing could change. And I always say there's something you, you can repent all you want to when the time has passed. But listen, don't waste your time being defrauded of your inheritance because you want what you want now. You need to look at what God's trying to give you. Seek after the Lord with all your heart so that you can win what God has for you. Don't be like Esau who will stand before God with tears, crying, wishing I had spent my time doing the things that you called me to do. I'm telling you, don't, you don't put yourself in that position. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. 
Don't let the enemy dupe you. Don't let him lie to you. Don't let him trick you. Don't make him, let, him, let, let him think that you have to have this, have to have that. It's all an illusion working to defraud you from what God has. Seek after God first. He will bring you into everything that he has. And I'm telling you, you'll be blessed and you'll rejoice rather than be in shame. You will be blessed forevermore. Come on and give God praise if you receive that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Let us make this confession. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone repeat after me. Lord, help me to strive for my inheritance that is you in Jesus name help me to overcome my self ambition my lust the world the things in this world self righteousness legalistic thinking condemnation the devil himself. I strive to overcome all of these things through the power of your word in my heart. Unite my heart. Don't let my heart be divided. Let my heart be single to be focused, to be aimed at you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I strive for the image of Christ. I strive to continue in his word. I strive to be filled with all the fullness of God. I strive to go on to perfection. I strive to inherit all things. I strive to rule and reign with my Lord. In Jesus' name, no devil, no sickness, no world shall interrupt or defraud me of my inheritance in God. In Jesus' name. Now, if you have that declaration in your heart, give the Lord praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give the Lord praise. This shall be my outcome. The Lord is my inheritance. The Lord is my inheritance.